Hello everyone and welcome to episode two of Her Creative Freedom Podcast. I am very excited today because we have our first but not our last special guest on the show today talking about finances. This individual is a very special person in my life. He is incredibly dedicated, driven, and a hardworking individual and businessman all around in all areas of his life. So I'm very excited to dive into his story, his experiences, his actions where he was, where he came from, to where he is now through all of his financial successes and really just his mindset and his beliefs on that topic because that is a huge topic for everyone in some way in everyday life. So Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you. Basically talking about where he came from going all the way through to his life experiences up until today. So Steve, welcome. Thank you. And let's start off with your childhood, where you came from. First of all, thank you for inviting me on the show. <laughs> um, I think this is an important topic for everybody because I don't think they teach this in school or teach enough of it in school. Mm-hmm. Um, becoming financially independent um, and free of debt is something people don't sometimes figure out all the way through until they're you know mid 40s mid 50s um so i guess to start off with uh, i'm steve <laughs> um we have known each other for four or five years has it been six years six years something like that <laughs> 2015 ish yeah. um going back into my childhood uh, my mom and dad got married like right out of high school uh, typical like 1980s 1990s thing to do uh, they didn't have a financial plan. Um, my mom was a waitress. Um, amazing work ethic. It's where I get my work ethic from is, is my mom. Um, through my entire childhood, I saw her work 12-hour days, six, sometimes seven days a week. Um, would go weeks or sometimes months without days off. So uh, definitely, although my mom wasn't, uh, didn't go to, to college or university, didn't have like a technically trained job, uh, by far she was the workhorse in our family. Uh, my dad went to welding school, was a welder. Welding is one of those professions where it has everything to do with the oil boom and bust. Mm-hmm. So when oil prices are high, work was plentiful. Right. If oil prices ever sank, uh, then dad would go without work for months. I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, he was a B-pressured welder, which is like a very highly sought after welder, but it's, it's a specified trade that if there's oil work to be done, then great. He's employed very abundant in terms of the amount of money he made for our family but it was inconsistent gotcha. uh, where he'd be employed for a couple of years at a time but then go months without without a job mm-hmm. and that was tough to plan for my family lived like most people do in, in society right now in western society beyond their means and on credit cards before credit cards were a thing it was like a checkings account but like there was always some form of credit being used within our family right so let's say you know as a family they had an income of x they always lived a life like X plus 5%. So yeah. they're always falling further and further behind in debt. Mm-hmm. So as a child at a very young age, I've got like distinct memories of laying in bed late at night and listening to my mom and dad in the kitchen, to having conversations about how we were going to pay the mortgage that month or how they were going to pay the car payment. And it, it, it definitely shaped my feelings and my, uh, my beliefs around money at a very young age because I felt like money was limited. Mm-hmm. With that belief, if you feel like there's never enough money, it's, that's what that's what you create yeah. is a lack of. Especially at a young age. So 
creating an abundance mindset uh, around money took years of practice because it definitely didn't form from my childhood. Just kind of just trying to summarize that whole childhood experience. It was uh, what I took away from it, what I learned from my parents about money is just how to not manage money. Yeah. I feel like in my mid-30s now, if I were to look at our finances as a family, if I were to like zoom back in time like 25 years and look at their accounts, it would, I would have an anxiety attack because yeah. they didn't have a plan. Yeah. So as a family, like I don't want to paint a picture that we were from poverty. Like we never went without, but like mom worked two jobs, yeah. like 12 hour days and dad spent the money faster than it came yeah. in. So yeah, it was just, that was, that was the family dynamic. And without money. a plan. Without a plan. You don't really know. And so I had a bit of a, a tragic start to our family story. Uh, we lost my dad when, when I was 13. And I imagine now the moneymaker of the house has disappeared. And my mom, who's a waitress, is left to raise two teenage boys. That was probably like the TSN turning point of where I realized that I went from being like the baby of the family to now, mm -hmm. okay, like, I need to take care of mom. I need to make mom, make sure mom is okay. How uh, old was your mom? My mom would have been 36 when my yeah. dad passed away. And yeah, I'm 35 right now. So that's, yeah, that's like, crazy. That's, mind-blowing to think of to put in perspective to yeah. put it in perspective um, so I got a job at a very young age at 13 I started working in restaurants with my mom and I wanted to take on the burden of raising me if that makes sense I didn't want my mom to have to pay for clothes I didn't want my mom to have to pay for video games anything that I consumed I wanted to be able to provide for myself mm -hmm. but I still had a very lack mindset around money uh, because there was never enough and there was always more things you could yeah. be doing that kind of goes into my education background so I was smart enough to go to university because of that lack mindset. What's another word for lack mindset? Uh, scarcity mindset? Yeah. It's used scarcity. Because of that scarcity mindset, I felt like I couldn't even ask my mom if I was, if we were able to send me to, to university. Yeah. So I started doing some research. Um, I was always passionate about biology. So I wanted to go into paramedics and I started doing the, the research that essentially I could pay for it in pieces and do it myself. So the first course is your EMR course, it was like three or four grand, then your EMT course, which was like 10 grand, and then your paramedics, which was I think maybe 15 or 20 grand, but I could pay for it in stages as I completed the education. Right. Um, so I did that, I did my EMR, did my EMT, paid for it myself. Um, and did you pay for all that through? Through restaurants. Restaurant. Yeah, working at this point now, I'm 18, 19 years old, uh, serving at Joey's in South Common, just basically bartending and serving and working, right. on, working on, on the side uh, to pay for school. But yeah, the perspective that you're 35 and your dad passed when your mom was... 36. How old was your dad then? My dad was 39. And just imagine like to have two Being kids, you right now as a single father. As a single father with two kids, that would like... You'd obviously find a way, but just that thought gives me anxiety because I couldn't imagine. Well, I, I just think, like, yeah, like I, there's no way I would do that. But when you're in... When you're unknowingly put into that situation and you have to figure out how you're going to do that so it's just like the perspective that like anything can happen and you've met my mom so like you can appreciate and almost look at her through a different lens she's such a warrior thank you such a warrior sorry that's like i get choked up thinking about that because that's such my mom is such a strong individual to have done that to yeah. raise two teenage boys after losing yeah her her, her husband who was the bread maker for, yeah. for, the, for the family and i didn't know that so going back into did my emt worked on an ambulance for about six, seven months, realized very quickly that that lifestyle, although it was very cool to look at a textbook and, you know, flip through and see all the things I'd be doing, things I'd be seeing, yeah. but seeing it in real life, it was definitely had a darker side to the profession that I was expecting. 
can I see myself yeah. doing this for 35, 40 years, having a family of my own one day, having a bad call, you know, and going to see whether it's a suicide or a car accident or something where it's And then personal, going home to your family. And then going home to your family. Like, how do you turn that off? Yeah. So that's where I struggled with that profession. I left the position. I was enrolled to be uh, to start my paramedics in January. Can you just, just not tap on the table? Sorry. Because <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hand talker. Um, it was like December 22nd, December 23rd. I was supposed to start my paramedics in January. It was two weeks before the course, and I withdrew my application, took my, um, my tuition money, and basically just decided to go to Thailand. And Crazy. completely do a 360 of my life. I wanted to travel. I wanted to see more. I sat down with my manager at Joey's. I said, hey, like I need as many hours as possible. Schedule me seven days a week. Uh, I just want to work, 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 and get as much money as possible. Um, so at that point, that's when I discovered credit cards. Um, so this is where we start the, the debt conversation. Perfect. Some silly company decided to give me a $5,000 credit card to go to Thailand with. Um, not fully explaining what 20% interest looks like. And... The fact that it took me probably eight years to pay off that Thailand trip because I racked up the full credit card. And even when you pay your minimum payments or a little more than your minimum payments, yeah, you're paying for that trip three, four, probably five times over just to pay back the original loan. That first purchase and then along with like a small line of credit for, for a vehicle, I think was like 10 or 15,000. That was like my first introduction to debt. You were how old? 21. 21, so you have a $5,000 credit card plus a... $15,000 car loan. So 20 grand in debt at 21. Yeah. Realizing that the money that was coming in from a server's, bartender's, now like entry-level manager's uh, wage wasn't paying off what I was owing to other people. Yeah. Essentially my, my rent, my gas money, my yeah. food, my, my right. loan payments. So it became that same situation that my parents were in where I was spending more than I made. Okay, so you were 18 when you moved out of your mom's, my mom's home. Mom's, yeah. So when you moved out, you got credit cards. You did not manage your money. Yeah. And so what? the first Thailand trip, when you're working in the service industry, you have a lot of cash. So I went and bought five mason jars and I started budgeting my money very tightly. Like this was my gas allowance. This was my food allowance. This was my entertainment allowance. Right. This was my um, uh, food allowance. So that the money that was coming in, I could try and get a hold of what I need to, to owe to the creditors, what I need to pay for rent. Like there was no, I was figuring out, I was winging it, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, no one taught me how to manage my money. It was through adversity that I had to figure it out myself because right. I was getting further and further in debt. So if debt was there already at a young age and the debt wasn't going anywhere, I had to figure out a way to make more money to pay off the debt. Um, university was out, paramedics was out. At this point, I was very passionate about the service industry and loved being around people and um, found that I was actually very good uh, at the job. So I uh, spoke with the management team at the restaurant that I was working at at the time. They wanted to put me into like an uh, entry-level management position, which then segued into like a mid-management position, which then segued into top level management and taking over the general manager position of a few higher end restaurants here in Edmonton. From that point, I actually had a, a contract with Cactus Club, which is where we met. Mm -hmm. And I was gonna go out all the way to Toronto and open up restaurants for them across Canada. So we opened up one on Jasper Ave here in Edmonton. And then I went out to Saskatoon and I opened up one there. 
and I had a two-year contract to stay in Saskatoon before transitioning into Toronto. Problem is, is I didn't have any social network, any friends, any family in Saskatoon, so I was very unhappy there. Probably making some of the best money I've ever made, but when the money and the happiness yeah. and the work-life, social-life balance didn't balance out, I ended up leaving that job uh, to come back here to Edmonton. The tragic thing that actually happened a few weeks later, I was on a date, ended up getting into a car accident. And because I had a few glasses of wine that night, that turned into a DUI. And that DUI was in a vehicle that was brand new, just purchased. And What kind I, of vehicle was it? Uh, it was a 2013, 2014 Acura TSX. Okay. With like all the extras. Not important, I'm just buying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was my dream car at the moment. I've always loved Acuras and insurance doesn't cover DUIs. So the full car payment that was left on it, although I didn't have the vehicle, I had to still pay that vehicle off. I wasn't able to drive for the next year, year and a half. And when you do start driving, your car insurance goes through the roof. As an example, I think for my first year of driving again, I was paying $1,200 a month in car insurance. Because of the DUI. Because of the DUI. So for those who don't know what it, like, you have to pay the rest of the car loan. Yeah. Is there a charge on top of that? Um, there's like um, fines that you get for being in a DUI. And then your insurance. And then your insurance. Once so you start driving. I totaled it up. That one evening, that decision not to take an Uber cost me about $75,000. Crazy. I didn't get a second date with the girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was I actually too embarrassed to call her back, I think, to this but out. So at this point, I'm 27, had no way to make income because I couldn't drive, and you don't realize how much you take that for granted. Staying with my family for roughly six months, feeling very sorry for myself for the first few weeks. Uh, but if there's anything that I've learned about myself with extreme tragedy or extreme uh, events, is that I'll sit there and I'll feel sorry for myself for a few days or a few weeks, but then I come back. So I may... You're like motivated by it almost. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That, I credit who I am today because of that. 100%. If I could go back in a time machine and make the decision to call the Uber, as weird as it is to say, I wouldn't. It sculpted me It's into the those person. events totally that make you who you are. 100%. I could say the same about my... Yeah. Um, so at that point, 75000 in debt and... I just needed to pay it off. So the lesson that that DUI taught me was obviously take an Uber, but two- Don't drink and drive, people. Don't drink and drive. You have to live. Essentially, if you're making X, you can't be spending X every month. Okay, circling back for a second, what was the key moment for you to know to live below what you were making? Does that make sense? It does. Uh, there was a conversation that I had with my family that I should seriously give some consideration to claiming bankruptcy. And that just wasn't an option. I wasn't willing to yeah. to mess my future ability to purchase a house or build a house. I needed to figure this out in the moment. Right, because bank, bankruptcy affects you for like seven years or something. You can't build a house, you can't buy property, you time. can't buy a car, you can't buy anything for yeah. seven years. So you're essentially, it clears your debt, but you're writing yourself off for the near future. Like most people, I made some really bad decisions around my money and my finances in my early 20s. And some events happened that I didn't plan for in my late 20s that put me so far in debt that I was at a point where I needed to either make a massive shift or claim bankruptcy. And I wasn't, that bankruptcy wasn't going to be an option, so I had to create a shift. Yeah. And the shift was living on a jar of peanut butter and a loaf of bread for two weeks because I knew that that's what I had in my food jar or my food budget for yeah. that month. It, it meant that 
I needed to take three to five years to pay off some massive debt, but it was possible. And then I created a plan and that it took a ton of hard work and it took a ton of nights where my friends were going out and I was staying in because yeah. there just wasn't that money available. But the whole point is I was in that much debt that my friends and my family were asking me to claim bankruptcy. And I'm sitting here now seven years, six years separated from that car accident and I'm ready to buy a house. I'm planning for things that I never thought were possible. Right. So if, if you're listening to this and you yourself are in debt and debt kind of the type of debt that keeps you up at night and gives you anxiety when you look at your bank. There was times that I didn't even want to open up my, my Scotiabank app because I didn't want to see that number. Like it, it made it so real when I looked at that number because the whole point is you can get that bad in your finances without even realizing it. Yeah. I took a Thailand trip. I spent a little bit of money. I bought a car. I had a car accident, which I wasn't planning for. And somehow I got to that number that was so big and so scary that I didn't know how to get out of it. Right. But it is possible. I'm going to just kind of turn the wheel to me for a second. Something that I learned from you, which we know through my social media and this podcast, that I'm converting a van. And I never thought was possible was even getting this van. I had no plan. It was kind of just like I was trusting the universe. And I had an idea. I was trusting the universe that this van was going to come to me some way, somehow. And then when we reconnected in life, something I remember you telling me was that, and and I know everyone can relate to this, is that when you go to Starbucks or you go to Tim Hortons or you go wherever to get that coffee every single day, like the little things add up. And the, the not just the coffees, but the, the point was the little things add up in the long run. And that stuck with me because through you, I, when we sat down and we'll get into this story, but I didn't think getting a van was possible until I met you. And you well, in- start with that story now. Okay. I feel like that's, that's where money stems <clears throat> from. That's why we're talking today is your van is possible because we decided to go for coffee and see if we could put your dreams on paper and make them make mathematical sense. Yes. And I have to give you credit because you are like the financial abundance to my life in the van situation because I did not have the same mindset you have around money like you said I had a plan but I had no finance I had no idea financially how I was going to make this work but you had those answers because of your life experience. I think going through what I experienced with money when you figure out a way to get out of that much debt the fact that you wanted to save that much money I'm like okay this is possible we just got to put it on paper and make a plan yeah and that's what you did for me was we went to remedy we got coffee we were there for two hours or something like that and just looked at my finances and just you putting it on paper of like you know this is how much i make this is how much roughly the van's gonna cost having somebody just like put it on paper for me made it so real this is where i want to be bold and (laughs) just throw throw it to anyone who's listening that wants van life or just a big dream. Or just a big that's dream. That's going to cost a big, a big goal, whether it's a house, a car, a vehicle, yeah. a van. You don't need to have 100% of it saved. Yeah. If I may address that, like, you borrowed some yeah. uh, from the bank. Absolutely. And the other half, you paid for. You saved for. You had your savings. Yeah. And you've been storing away money every single month since we've spoken. And your commitment to your savings plan. I put a number on paper and I said, okay, we're going to have your van, like, we're, you're going to have enough money to buy your van April 1st of 2021 if you stick to the savings plan. Yeah. It was you that stuck to the savings plan. Yeah. Anyone can build a spreadsheet, but it takes someone with 
solid integrity and commitment to live by that spreadsheet. Totally. And there were probably some days, again, I'm assuming, there's probably some days where you wanted to go and spend money, but you knew you couldn't because that money wasn't there in that budget that day. And having you introduce me to the mason jar... Theory. Theory. (laughs) Put it into perspective of like, yeah, I did want to spend money some days, but I knew I had this freaking jar that only had x amount of dollars in it and it could go to something so much more important and so I guess the reason that I wanted you on the show talking about the show that sounds so weird (laughs) the (laughs) podcast talking about finances because you were my answers that I did not have so I look at you and because I know you and I know your life story and for those listening to learn a little bit more from where you came from to your education, to your jobs, to the debt and how you got yourself out of it. Like I've never known anyone to have such a solid plan. And it's not like someone actually taught you that necessarily. You kind of learned it through on your own. So to me, you have all these, you have the answers and you know what it feels like to be on one end and to get to the other side. And then when you came in my life, you taught me the answers and gave me the answers or showed me the answers, not taught me, but showed me the answers that I did not have myself. I had a plan. I knew it was going to be very expensive, and that was about it. <laughs> I remember a conversation where you were playing small a bit and saying that I was so much further in my career and I was so financially abundant and well off. But I looked at you and I'm like, you don't remember, or I don't. Even, maybe I just wasn't that. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you didn't know that side of me uh, five years ago. But again, it's it's five years sounds like a long time, but I remembered that feeling that anxiety about going to bed every night knowing that that debt was on your shoulders yeah but i'm curious to now interview you a little bit okay um when we left that coffee shop that day and you realized that there was a date april 1st 2021 that you could buy a van describe that feeling i think it was the date and seeing dollars on paper because i have always worked three jobs I've never worked just one job, I should say. So I knew that I was a good saver. I'm horrible at spending money, especially on myself. I'm a good saver, but I didn't realize how much money I have actually saved or what my bank account could look like if I saved this much until it was on paper. So when you showed me a dollar amount and a date, well, you know, I started crying because I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually for real. Like when you have a dream and like people talk about, oh, I, I, I don't know, I, I dreamed to do that one day. That was my vocabulary. I dreamed to, to buy a van and build it out as a home and live remote on the road in my van. And I've seen that everywhere, but to then see that it's actually possible for me was like the best, scariest feeling ever. And I think I did play small on my own worth. Like, was I worthy enough to do this? But when someone walks into your life and shows you that it's completely possible, it's very scary. You can edit this piece out if you'd like, but <laughs> roughly the van, beginning to end is going to cost how much around 60,000 around 60,000 that's a lot to swallow at first yeah but then when you think that's your home yeah and I'm just asking no I love it you're being real (laughs) what is your car payment like my van payment what's your van payment oh oh, gosh 450 so right do you know what the average person pays in rent $1,200 for a condo payment so your rent is 450 a month yeah that's how you have to think about that and it's not rent that's your mortgage payment because at the end of that payment, your van being paid off, you've got something that holds equity that you can then turn around. Yeah. You purchasing a van from my financial mindset is one of the coolest investments ever because a vehicle is a horrible investment. 
but a van, we've looked at vans that have been converted. We know what they're worth. Yeah. You can easily make money on this van. If you were to all of a sudden try van life, not to say this is ever going to be a thing, but if you were to try van life for six months, a year, two years, five years, and then turn around and want to sell your van, right. you're going to recoup that money. Yeah. So the money's not gone. Yeah. It's invested in a home, which then has worth. Yeah, no, totally. And to think of, I just, I, I find myself always reflecting because to me in my head, you are like the financial guy. You've been there, you've done that, you know how, and you are living your best life. And then you walked into my life. I had a, I had a vocabulary goal. You showed me that goal. It became real. The dollar of even how much the van cost was like scary. I feel like it just like happened. Like the van was X dollars. I was like, how am I going to do that? But that's why there's a plan in place. That's why my mason jars are there. Can we explain the mason jars for a second? Yeah. With you, it was the exact opposite. The mason jars are meant to be guilt-free spending because when you have a budget, you should have a, a percentage of your budget that is for entertainment, is for food, is for clothes, is for gas, right. that you shouldn't feel guilty when you spend it. So if that Starbucks coffee food jar is empty, then I'm sorry, you just don't get Starbucks that day. Yeah. But for you, it was the exact opposite. For most people, what the jars teaches you to do is to spend the money without feeling guilt. With you, I have to force you <laughs> to spend the money because you save money so I'm well. like, how much money can I save from these jars? So let's say if there's like... Out of all your jars, there's five or $600 for that month that are allotted to those jars. You make a game out of it of how little can I spend yeah. so that I can hide the money for the next month for myself. <laughs> so you're a natural saver, which is great. Yeah. But you also need to learn how to spend without feeling guilty. Yeah, totally do. So, I mean, the van has been a huge learning experience because... I've had to spend money to purchase the van and to buy the material and and all of that. And so I think I'm learning. You said the van was 60000 roughly, right? When the build is done and everything, yeah. How much was labor and product? Like, how much was the van? The van was thirty-seven. Okay, so roughly 23000 is your build. Yeah. Spending that much money for a girl who can't even spend a couple hundred dollars on a job. Like, that's... I'm, I'm proud, proud of myself. <laughs> I am proud of myself. I'm proud of you. Because, yeah, I mean, I remember... Yeah, I haven't went through this, and this is, like, an episode all on its own about how much the van cost and everything and going into, like, the nitty-gritty details. But when I found out that the van was 37000 You cried. I cried because <laughs> I was like, how? Where is this money coming from, and how am I going to do this? And I, I, I have to give so much credit to you because you were like my reminder of like, we've already done this cast. It's already on paper. Like you can do this. And yeah. Everyone takes in information differently. Yeah. And for you, the turning point was seeing it on paper. Yeah. 100%. Once you saw it. And again, before this podcast, we just looked at the Excel spreadsheet and said by June 1st, the van should be done being built and roughly should be done being paid for. Yeah. And there's a moment where that just clicked for you, where you saw it, and it's real. Yeah. And from the outside looking into me buying the van and doing the build, I feel like my outer self would look into my life, be like, how is she doing this? Mm -hmm. But I'm doing this, yes, because I work three jobs right now, but I'm also doing this because I'm working so hard, and I have those mason jars to back me up to show me that I have this much money to spend. This is how much money I'm saving. So... Before this episode, we did look at my finances to see that it'll be done by June. That means roughly the van will cost sixty to sixty-three thousand dollars when the build and everything is absolutely everything is complete. And I took a 
car loan of 30000 out, which means the rest of that, that was my money. And I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> so it just putting it into perspective that 33, for, I'm going to say 30. Just 30 and 30. 30 and 30 of that was my money from me working my ass off in less than a year is just like so incredibly mind-blowing but you are like my golden ticket to all of this happening i'm going spiritual i love it let's go spiritual (laughs) i love going spiritual because the universe totally has everybody's back as i started this conversation saying that my family taught me a scarcity mindset with money as a kid that shifted once i realized that i could get out of a seventy-five thousand dollar debt so now i have an abundant mindset with money I believe that with my work ethic my passion my drive my motivation I'm always going to find a way to generate money I could lose the job I currently have and I would find another job that would pay the bills like that's money is the last thing on my mind in terms of would you agree from what you know about me yeah absolutely Um, I just believe that money is always going to be there and I find with the universe once you put that out that money is always abundant money just naturally starts coming to you yeah and opportunities start coming in. Yeah. Once you that that positive outlook on money. Cass, what is your mindset on money? Uh, we got scarcity. We got some abundance. We got, yeah, Steve Roy has shifted my openness to having an abundant mindset because I haven't went into this about my life, but my life around money has been all scarcity and that's not to knock my parents down there the most amazing humans but there was I grew up in a scarcity mindset around money because I witnessed it at such a young age so I've always held on to money and which is why I have a hard time spending money it's because I've always held on to it so tight because I didn't know if it was coming or going and then when you came into my life and showed me that like abundance not just you but many people came into my life and showed me abundance possible yeah I'd, I've had more of a I've had a longer scarcity mindset around money than I have an abundant mindset but I think my openness to having an abundant mindset is the reason why the van has been possible but then I also will find like a dollar on the ground walking and I'm like abundance like <laughs> abundance mindset I found a dollar or a quarter whatever it is it's yeah. it's all abundance and I am a huge believer that the universe has your back. And sometimes I over worry about my life plan. And see, you just, you made that comment about how you've always had, you've Can had- I just stop and say that our dogs are snoring right now? Where are they? <laughs> I don't know which one it is, I think it's- Kara's dreaming. Okay. Her eyes are twitching. It's totally Hera. Yes, we have two beautiful dogs in the house. No, you, you made a comment about your abundant mindset around money that Money will always be there. You'll always find a job, bring in money. Whereas like I've always, if I've ever like lost a job or quit a job, I've always found a job immediately after. So I've had that action that you were just talking about, but my mindset has always been in that scarcity mindset. And now I'm like learning to be more open and I feel that shift, but I do need reassurance sometimes. (laughs) I find a lot of us have a scarcity mindset from our childhood. Yeah. And it's, Something that I think most people need to address going into their child, like their adulthood in their 20s and their 30s, because I couldn't imagine being the human that I am right now with that scarcity mindset. The, 100%. The, the, the two that don't jive together. And sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. Yeah. I know there's going to be people that probably listen to this that are like, I, 
I don't have an abundant amount of money, but when you, sh- it's, it's your, it's such it's your mind. Of, it's a law of attraction. Totally. Like you have to shift that mindset and fake it till you make it. And even not even money, but like in life, I still have to fake it till I make it sometimes, but it will shift. But you have to trust the universe that's going to shift. And I'm a huge believer in that. I, you have to trust the universe. You just got to put it out there and trust that the universe has a plan for you. Don't fight that plan because you're not going to win. The universe has such a bigger plan for you. I think we hit everything I wanted to. I wanted to just display you that you've been there, done that, and you got through it. And I just really admire you in the sense that you've been in more debt like your number of debt of 75,000 would scare the shit out of me, but out of anybody. Mm-hmm. And and you you lived it and you had a plan that you did yourself because you worked so hard for and you saw the other side. And now because I know you in your life, you're absolutely thriving in my opinion. Your resume is impressive, I think. I know you don't- Do you still want to go back on that? <laughs> I, I know you don't like talk yourself up that way, but in my opinion, your resume is extremely attractive and- you have just worked so hard and I think something I really again admire you about is your mindset of money and that abundanceness abundanceness is that a word anyways doesn't matter your mindset around money is something that I've had to like learn to be open to and listen to and I'm so grateful for you to portray your abundant mindset on me because it has changed my life and so I just admire you and and your finances and your whole experience because if it wasn't for you walking into my life and showing me on paper that my dream is possible because my dream is very expensive but in the grand scheme of things when you have a plan it's not it doesn't feel that expensive right now because I have a plan yes I'm working a ton of hours but I also had a plan around those hours that I'm working and it's possible so I want to ask you one more question okay fast forward one maybe two years you and your van what's like the the thing you're most excited for about living in a van and living your biggest dream aside from the obvious of traveling and seeing different parts of Canada and the world when we're allowed to go into the states I know that I'm gonna grow internally so much and I'm just excited for the personal inner growth that I'm about to experience. Would you not say that there was a ton of growth to get us here? (laughs) Yes. Yes. But when you're by yourself in a box, (laughs) because essentially I'm going to be in like a beautiful box and you're by yourself and you're in your own mind, I think I'm going to just like break through greatness. I'm extremely excited for you. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you've helped me with to get to this point too. Well, I think that is our moment of closure for this wonderful episode. And I just want to say thank you for coming on to my podcast, which I'm pumped about to have, Her Creative Freedom. And yeah, you were my first guest, not my last guest. We're going to have him on again in the future which we've already talked about, which I'm very excited about. (laughs) But yeah, thank you so much for coming on today and talking about your personal finances and your story. Thank you everyone for listening to this podcast and we will catch you in the next episode.